Mr. McLaughlin, when he booked me to come to speak tonight, he said, Tommy, don't forget to bring a message and song. So I'm just going to do that now. If I was to give a word of testimony tonight, this hymn that I'm about to sing would be my testimony. <coughs>
Could we turn to John chapter 3, please? John chapter 3, and then we'll read a verse over in Amos. We'll read some verses in John chapter 3 first, and then we'll turn it over to the fourth chapter of Amos. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I had told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lift up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but hath everlasting life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but hath everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And our text tonight's found over in Amos chapter 4, and it's the verse number 12. Amos chapter 4, and the verse 12. <clears throat> Therefore thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. I want to take that little phrase this, this afternoon or tonight. Uh, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. Prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. And we know the Lord will bless the reading of his own infallible word to we ask the lord to bless this word in prayer our father we thank thee 
for the, for the hymns of Zion that we have been singing. Now, Lord, hide me behind the cross. May none be seen but Jesus only. Lord, anything that comes out of this mouth that is off the flesh, definite to the ears of the people, take complete control. Lord, you know the hearts of the people in the meeting tonight. If there would be one that knows you not as Saviour, I pray tonight that they might prepare to meet their God. Undertake, we pray, and we'll give thee all the praise and all the honour and every bit of the glory. For thy alone art worthy. Amen. This was a new generation of the children of Israel. They had forgotten all that the Lord had done for the, their, their fathers. And they had turned away from God. They had left the God of their fathers. They were in another country. And they went worshipping after other gods. And we read high from verse 8. The Lord tells us at the end of each verse it says. Yet have ye not returned unto me saith the Lord. Verse 10. Yet have ye not returned unto me saith the Lord. And verse uh, 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 11 again. Yet have ye not returned unto me saith the Lord. The children of Israel had turned away from the God of their fathers. And the Lord had come to Amos, his servant. And he said to Amos, I'm bringing a, a judgment against the children of Israel. Thus, we read in verse 11. Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel. And because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. And you know, brothers and sisters, tonight, as I thought of the Israel in this part of God's word, how they had left the God of their fathers, how they had left worshipping the God who looked after their fathers, brought them out of Egypt, I thought of our own land. How the land of the United Kingdom has turned away from God and has turned away from the things of God. Hi, in our own land of Ulster, hi, the people have turned away from God. And you know, I would say to the people of Ulster, prepare to meet thy God. I would say to the folks in England, prepare to meet thy God, because judgment is coming. But you know, my friend, can I bring it closer to you tonight? If you are in this meeting without the Lord Jesus Christ, I would say to you, prepare to meet thy God. We read in Revelation chapter 20 about a great white throne. And that great white throne is the judgment of all who reject God's way of salvation. And we are told that that great white throne judgment, the great, the small, the kings, the beggars will stand at that great white throne judgment. And who are the people who are judged? They are the people who have rejected God's way of salvation. They are the people that Sunday night after Sunday night have left gospel meetings when God has spoken to them and showed them that they needed to be saved. But yet they went out the door. They wanted to go their own way to heaven. That's the people that's standing at that great white throne judgment. And who is the judge at this great white throne judgment? Well, the Bible tells us in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men, by Jesus Christ, according to the gospel. The great judgment day is 
the Lord Jesus Christ as the judge. And I would say tonight to the people of Ulster, prepare to meet thy God. And I would say to you tonight, if you don't know Christ as your saviour, prepare to meet thy God. There's just three very simple things I want to say to you tonight about preparing to meet God. Just three simple things. The first thing I would say to you, you need to prepare to meet God personally. You need to prepare to meet God personally. You say to me, Tommy, how can I meet God personally? Well, you know, the world would tell us that we need to go to some great theologian to get that answer. The world would tell us we need to go to some great university to get that answer, how we could meet God. The world would tell us we need to go to some great preacher. But you know, my friend, we don't need to go to any. We just need to go to God's word. And I read in God's word in John 14 and the verse 6. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ is speaking. And he says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You know, you can't depend on anyone else's salvation. You can't depend on your loved one's salvation. You must come personally to the Lord Jesus. You know, if you had an awful disease in your life tonight, and I said to you, I know a place where there's an antidote for that disease in your life, you wouldn't send someone else to get that antidote. You would go personally to yourself to get that antidote. But you know, friends, tonight in the world, there's an awful disease and it's called sin. And the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. And you know, there is an antidote for this awful thing called sin. And it's the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, that antidote is easy to get. The old hymn says, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. You know, there was a man called, uh, a great man called Naaman. And we read about it in the Old Testament. And Naaman had that awful disease of leprosy. And leprosy in the Bible is a type of sin. And the Bible tells us that one day he went into the country and he took away a little maid. And that little maid most likely was going maybe to get water for her parents. And he took her away into another country. Humanly speaking, would you think that little maid would have said it serves him right that he has this awful disease? Oh, it serves him right. He took me away from the country. He took me away from my family. He took me away from my loved ones. It serves him right that he has this disease. But you know, she had a love for this man. And you know the story. I she told him to go and see God's servant. And God's servant told him to go and dip seven times in the river Jordan. But you know, like all ungodly people, and I remember myself, when I was told by my Sunday school teacher I needed to be saved, I needed to come God's way, I said, Mr. Stewart, I don't, I'm as good as anybody. I go to Sunday school, I go to the boys' brigade Bible class, I go to the children's meetings, I go, I says, I don't need your salvation. <laughs> you think God's going to turn me out of heaven? But you know, this man, Naaman, was just like that. 
He didn't want to go God's <coughs> way. It was God's way for him to go into the River Jordan. And you know, his, he had many servants and he had many uh, 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 soldiers. And I'm sure if he had said to some of them soldiers, will you go and dip for me? They would have done it. But my friend, he still would have had this awful disease of leprosy. And you know the story. How he went in and he dipped the seven times. And on the seventh time, he came up and his skin was perfect. And he went back to God's servant and he said, Now I know that the God of Israel is the God. Oh, my friend, if he hadn't went personally into that river, he would still have had that awful disease. And if you're in this meeting without Christ and you don't come and be washed in that precious blood and be cleansed from your sin, you're going to be at that great judgment day. You know, it'll be a personal judgment. It'll be a personal judgment for you. You know, there's a young man one day and he was riding his bicycle, a young man about 18 years of age, and he was riding his bicycle along where there were tram lines. And he didn't realise that his bicycle got caught in the tram lines. And he didn't realise that a tram was coming along. And this gentleman was walking along, and he saw the danger that the young man was in, and he grabbed him and he pulled him to safety. And of course the tram came and the, the bicycle was wrecked. That young man had been in trouble and the next day he was going to court and he was found guilty and the judge told the young man to stand up and he says, young man, do you recognise me? And the young man says, sir, I don't recognise you. And he says, young man, do you remember yesterday you were riding your bicycle along and your bicycle got caught in the tram lines? And a tram was coming and someone grabbed you and pulled you to safety. He says, yes, I do, sir. And he says, that was me that pulled you to safety. But he says, young man, today, yesterday, I was your saviour. But today, I'm your judge. Yesterday, I was your saviour. But today, I'm your judge. And you know, my friend, tonight the Lord Jesus Christ says to you, Today I can be your saviour, but tomorrow I'll be your judge if you don't come personally and accept me as your saviour. But you know the sad thing? It'll be a personal sentence. At that great white throne it'll be, Depart from me, you cursed. I never knew you. And you know it'll be a personal hell forever. In that chapter in Revelation we read, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Oh, I plead with you tonight, if you're not saved in this meeting, come and prepare to meet thy God. Prepare to meet him personally. But you know, secondly tonight, you need to prepare to meet him properly. You need to prepare to meet him properly. I'm sure if we went into the village tonight and we asked people what they were depending on their soul salvation. I've jotted some of them down here. Someone would say I was baptised into the church when I was an infant. So I'm in God's family. Some would say I'm a good person. I don't do anybody any harm. Some would say I attend 
every church meeting and work hard in the church. Some would say I give money into the church. Some would say that God is a loving God and wouldn't punish me. Some would say I'm a Sunday school teacher and I'm an elder in the church. But you know, my friend, if you're dependent on any of those things for soul salvation, listen to what God says in Acts 4 and 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anything, any man should boast. Oh, don't pick me up, you're wrong. It's good to attend church, yes. It's good to come to the house of God. It's good to give money to God's work. But if you're depending on your soul's salvation for any of this, my friend, you're lost. The late Billy Hamilton, who was caretaker of martyrs, and myself were doing some door-to-door work on the Craigie Road. And Billy and I knocked this door, and the lady came to the door. And of course, the first thing she said, are you Mormons? And of course, if anybody remembers Billy Hamilton, Billy was a boxer. And Billy said, dear, with my looks, do I look like a Mormon? Typical Billy. And uh, she said, you know, and we said, no, we're here to present the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know him? Are you saved? And that lady said to us, my minister warned me about you boys. And you know, that just put me, put us back. And she says, I'm the caretaker of the local Church of Ireland church. And she says, I go out to the farm every week. And she says, I bring a dozen eggs back from the farm and I give them to our minister. Do you think God is going to put me out of heaven? I know, my friend, it's sad. That dear lady was depending on her soul's salvation on a dozen eggs. You know, when I tell that story, some people laugh. But you know, it's a sad thing that that dear woman is putting all her, her, her trust in getting into heaven and a dozen of eggs. And we put those two verses to her. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Uh, for by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Oh, friend, you need to come personally to the Saviour, but you also need to come properly. You know, there was a, a maid who worked in London for a very well-known lady in London. And this little maid went to the great Charles Hatton Spurgeon's meeting one night. And Mr. Spurgeon, after he had finished preaching, he said, if anyone wants to talk to me about their soul salvation, come into my room and I'll speak to them. And young Molly went in and spoke to God's servant. And he had the joy of pointing her to the Saviour. Molly went back to the house in London. It was a well-known lady who lived in the house. And she saw a change in Molly's life over the months. And she said to herself, I must go and find out what changed Molly's life. And she said to Molly, what changed your life, Molly? And Molly said, after I heard Mr. Spurgeon preach, I realized that I was a sinner and I needed the Savior. So this lady went to hear Mr. Spurgeon preach. And he said the same thing. He says, if anybody wants to speak to me, come and see me in the room after the meeting. 
the lady came through the door and Spurgeon knew her immediately. And he said, lady, so-and-so, I'm glad to see you. If I had a knew you were in the meeting, I would have given you a welcome. She said, Mr. Spurgeon, we had a little maid in our house, Molly, and many months ago she came to you and we see a change in Molly's life. She says, can I get the same thing that Molly has? And again, Spurgeon presented the gospel. But this lady stood to her feet and she looked at Spurgeon and she said, Mr. Spurgeon, do I have to come the way Molly came? And Spurgeon said, yes, dear, we all have to come that way. I had to come that way. And she looked at Spurgeon and says, well, if I have to come Molly's way, I'll not come at all. She went out the door. Pride had built up. She wanted to come her way. She didn't want to come. She didn't want to realize that she was a lost sinner. Oh, friend, tonight you need to come properly to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. We read in John 3 tonight about a man called Nicodemus. Nicodemus politically was a member of the Sanhedrin. Socially he was a member, a master in Israel. And religiously he was a model Pharisee. He knew all that there was about the Jewish religion. But you know he knew there was something missing in his life. I believe he had listened to the Lord speak on many occasions. And the Bible tells us he came to see the Lord at night. Some people say he done that because he didn't want to be seen. I don't believe that. I believe he came at night. Because if you read the scriptures, you find that the Lord was thronged with thousands of people. And Nicodemus, as a learned man, wanted to have a one-to-one -one with the Savior. And you heard immediately what the Lord said. He knew what was in Nicodemus's heart. He said, Nicodemus, ye must be born again. And of course, Nicodemus, like me, he said, Lord, how can I be born again? Do I go into my mother's womb the second time? The Lord said to him, Nicodemus, marvel not that I say unto you, ye must be born again. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Marvel not, I say unto you, ye must be born again. In other words, Nicodemus, I'm not talking about the physical birth. I'm talking about the spiritual birth. I know, praise God, later on in the scriptures, we find that Nicodemus Demus, did come to the Savior because he was one of the men that took the body of the Savior down and put it into the tomb. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You know, friend, tonight a man and woman lost in sin needs the way. The Lord Jesus Christ says, I am the way. Man and woman lost in sin needs the truth. The Lord Jesus Christ says, I am the truth. Man and woman lost in sin needs life. The Lord Jesus Christ says, I am the life. Oh friend, tonight are you under the blood? Are you washed in that precious blood? Have you come properly to the Saviour? You know, under the blood we have redemption. Under the blood we are saved from wrath. Under the blood we are reconciled to God. Under the blood our sins are forgiven. Under the blood we are justified. Under the blood we are brought nigh to God. Under the blood we have eternal life. What a joy it is to trust the Lord as our Saviour.
Prepare to meet thy God. We need to prepare to meet him personally. We need to prepare to meet him properly. But last of all and very briefly, we need to, we need to prepare to meet him promptly. We need to prepare him promptly. I remember saying to Mr. Stewart when I was 15 years of age, I was leaving to go to school, or leaving to go to work. And I said, Mr. Stewart, I'll not be back this Sunday school. And I can see the tears in that old man's eye. And he said, Tommy, if you go away today without trusting the Saviour, you're the only one in my Sunday school class that hasn't come to the Saviour. Every boy in his Sunday school class had trust the Saviour. And you know, we can see the tear in that old man's eye. And he said to me one thing. He said, Tommy, the, the scripture says, My spirit shall not always strive with man. And again, I said to him, You know, Mr. Stewart, I'm as good as anybody. And he took God's word. And he said, Tommy, I don't want to hurt your feelings. But look and see what God says about your righteousness. All your righteousness are like filthy rags in the sight of a just God. I was just telling Bill on the way tonight, I was standing at my, my wife's grave and I saw this name, Stuart. And I didn't realise this man came along and he said, are you Tommy Gilmore? I says, yes, I am. He says, well, I am the son of your Sunday school teacher. And he says, that's my wife buried beside your wife. So in other words, my old Sunday school teacher's daughter-in-law is buried beside my wife. And he said to me, when my dad heard that you got saved, he says, he was a man well into his 80s. And he said he jumped in the air as if he was 16. You know, fr friends, <coughs> you need to come promptly. I remember saying to that old man, I've got plenty of time. I'll come in my time. But you know, he quoted other verses. He quoted Proverbs 27 and 1. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. He quoted 2 Corinthians 6 and 2. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. O oh, friend, prepare to meet thy God. Prepare to meet him personally. Prepare to meet him uh, properly. And prepare to meet him promptly. With this, I'll close. I lifted a little tract one day and I told the story of two pensioners, two ladies who were widows who lived in the Balmoral estate at the time of Queen Victoria. And the two of them were, lived in <coughs> bungalows adjoining one another. And one night they had a terrible row and one fell out with the other and she stormed out of the house and she went and sat by the fireside, and she said, I want nothing to do with that woman again. And of course, her temper got worse, and her temper got worse, and she said, I'm away to bed. And she got into her bed, and she was lying, and her temper, excuse me, was getting worse. She heard footsteps coming down the path, and she heard a knock on the door. And she says, I'm not opening the door to that woman. And then she heard a louder knock. And she said she can knock all night. I'm not answering the door. And then she heard a louder knock. And she said I'm away asleep. And she heard the footsteps walking away. The next morning, like everything, her temper had died down. She realised she was just as to blame as her neighbour. And she said I must go in and make up with my friend. She went in 
to make up with her friend. And of course they hugged one another and kissed one another. And she said, look, I'm sorry I didn't open the door to you last night. I heard you walking down the path. I heard you knocking the door, but I didn't answer the door. Her neighbor said, I wasn't at your door last night. She said, but I'll tell you who was at your door. Queen Victoria was at your door. And she knocked gently and you didn't answer. And she knocked again and you didn't answer. And she knocked again. And she went away. And that lady in her little gospel track said that Queen Victoria never ever came to her door again. And she said, reader, if you're not saved, maybe the King of Kings is knocking on your heart's door and you're saying, I'll not let him in. And maybe he knocks again and you're saying, I'll not let him in. And he knocks again and you said, I'll not let him in. And she says, be careful that you don't hear his footsteps walking away like Queen Victoria, who never came to the door again. Oh, friend, tonight, prepare to meet thy God. Prepare to meet him personally. Prepare to meet him promptly. And prepare to meet him promptly. I pray the Lord will bless this word to all our hearts this evening.